You're listening to Culture Camp. Tune in each week to hear from an amazing lineup of athletes, CEOs, founders, and more who have created winning cultures in their organization. Each will share the secrets to creating a culture in your business that will lead you to thrive. Are you ready? Here's your host, Jason Haugen. Welcome back to another episode of Culture Camp. This week is going to be super exciting. I have one of my favorite people ever. He's the CEO of Lions Not Sheep, author, speaker, race car driver, which we'll get into. And yes. I'm probably your most proud of being a husband and a father. 100%. Uh, Mr. Sean Whalen. What's up? Dude, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for living in the middle of nowhere. Dude, I'm sorry. We got to get you a studio like in reality. You I, know what I'm saying? I know. And you know what? When you're like, I'm driving the Lambo, I'm like, dude, you're going to put so many miles on the Lambo. Oh, dude, I already I bought it with 2000 and I think I admit like 18 or 19,000. Well, you know I'm what? I, every day. I actually like that because I hate day. when people don't drive their cars. Why would you buy a car? I mean, I get it. You know, you buy a Bugatti, whatever. If I bought a Bugatti, which I'm not into Bugattis, I'd still drive it. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's a car, it's right? A car. Well, and I love, like, I, I, don't, I noticed you got those snow tires on the Lambo. Oh, you're planning, yeah, like, you're planning on driving I'll in drive the winter. i through the winter. Dude, I love that. It's 100%. Yeah, man. like, I, I have a Corvette, like the, the new C8, and it's yeah. not good in the winter. Oh, so it's your gonna, rear wheel drive. Yeah, I'm, all, I'm all wheel yeah, drive. Yeah, so, so I at least wish, have a little leg up. I wish, and one day, maybe I'll get the Huracan. I've been toying back and forth with it, but, get it. you know, there's some, I don't know. My, well, after this episode goes viral, you'll make like $10 million on YouTube, and there you go. I would love that, yeah. So I will definitely buy a Lambo, and I will put a little, you know, Lions on Sheep, courtesy of Sean Whalen's podcast episode 20. Is this 20? I don't know. It's something like 20 or something, 19, 18, 20, something like that. But dude, thanks for being on the show, dude. There we, you know, your whole stipulation of being on the show was there is no time limit, which is, you know, people get ready for this because we're going to cover a lot of things. What I kind of want to want to get into is like you, you have, you know, a lot going on. You, you, you got a ton going on. We, yeah. I've been, you know, kind of, you know, talking with you recently. We flew yeah. on the plane the other day, went down to Palm Springs, and you're just you're all over the place, just doing really honestly big things. And it's really cool to watch. You know, I've actually watched you from afar for a long time. My wife and I always, you know. I followed you for a while. Your relationship, your, no, 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 your, your, your relationship today. posts, your relationship posts. I bought you, you know, your book yeah. makes shit happen. And Thanks, you're man. just do your, your, you know, roll the bottle to mean people, a lot of people out there for, for a lot of different Thank reasons. You. And I think people like when they get to know you, cause yeah. I, people speculate and everything. Oh, right. Yeah, for sure. But like, I love that you're so open on social media because some people might say like, Oh, sh like Sean's just acting like that to like yeah. people to not be speculative and like, not, yeah. Like treat you a certain way, but that you're really yourself. Oh, yeah. Like I tell people I'm the same, I'm the same asshole in person as I am online. Yeah. You know yeah but I mean? I mean, you're just, you're you, right? You're unapologetic, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. unapologetically you, yeah. which is, which is great. So, um, you know, kind of going back, I heard you like maybe I you know, looked into your story a little bit and you're a real estate agent and kind of right. You, you know, got it. You never, were I was real never estate, an agent or you were in real estate, big in real, real, real estate. estate. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, up and down successes and failures with all that. And then, um, you became an author and just started, you know, blowing up social media you know, years ago when social yeah. media was, it wasn't a thing and you know, you've, you've killed it. And now you've, you've created a great company called lions, not sheep, which represents a lot like, you know, and whatever side, you know, lions, not sheep means, yeah. you know, so we can get into that. But sure. how, you know, my, my I guess you know, pr progressingly, like I know you've had, you know, successes and failures in, yeah. you know, in the real estate and I, you know, in the crash and all that stuff, how have you been able to climb out of that, you know, as a person and still hold your head high? That was hard, man. That's a great question. Um, I, uh, it's, it's actually really interesting. I've left, um, 
a lot of YouTube videos up on YouTube from way back in the day, like like the OG videos when I was still scared. Like I'd hold up my phone, I'd be like, "Hey everybody, I'm Sean Whalen, and today I want to talk to you about this." Like, because right. I, I I was a I was a self made multimillionaire by 25, grew up in a single parent home, hustler, da da da, right. And back in the early 2000s, it wasn't hard to make money. And everybody made money back then. I started in the mortgage game, then investing. And it was just like the, 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 when Vegas was just exploding with growth and everything was exploding with growth. And then when shit hit the fan, you know, I went into a really, really, really dark place. Right. And, and there's so many layers to this story, which, I mean, we could spend hours on every facet from like being young, growing up in a single parent home, the whole thing. Right. Cause you, you your dad wasn't around, right? No, like, I, I've heard you around. speak about, yeah. about that. And so, you know, to, to answer this question specifically, um, you know, I, I was, I've always kind of played all in, like I've, I just full speed. Right. Right. And, and was going and going and going and going and, and couldn't lose and couldn't lose and couldn't lose. It was in the magazines. I won the awards, you know, 30 under 30, all that crap, Utah Valley magazine, this, that, and the other, all the, all the local stuff. Right. Um, and so when the market crashed, um, you know, I kept going and was like, we're going to, we're going to get out of this. We're going to get out of this. We're going to get out of this. And then, and then everything just fucking fell apart. Like I talk about in my book, how I felt like I was juggling bowling balls. Like I, right. I was trying to be a dad. I was trying to be a husband. I was trying to be a CEO. I was trying to keep the company afloat. I was trying to keep 170 people employed. And, and eventually one day I ended up just quitting. Like I just shut everything down. Really? I don't know what a midlife crisis looks like, but I basically walked away from a company that I started from scratch. I had 171 employees. Um, we were doing millions of dollars and I literally walked out one day. I never right. went back. I never cleaned out my office. I literally turned the company over to one of my, my, my partner, my like part, literally a dude who didn't even own the company. Uh, and I never went back. Really? I left my marriage and you know, it, that to me is the definition of a midlife crisis. Cause that's what I did. But right. in that period of time, like I, I really, really, really struggled. I went into a really, really dark place. I contemplated taking my own life. Um, Wow. But to, to, to get to what you're saying, like how I came out of that space and I realized that, that the number one thing is I, I wanted to live. It wasn't like, okay, I need to figure out how to make money. I already figured that out. Like, yeah, I, I learned lessons in economics that I didn't know. Cool. Lesson learned, right? Right. You can go to Harvard or you can make millions of dollars and lose millions of dollars to figure out how to play with money. Right. For sure. But I remember very vividly, uh, this just popped into my mind as you asked me that question, um, having done millions of dollars of real estate deals. I mean, I was working with Jack Nicholas building a golf course down in Southern Utah. Really? I was working with Donald Trump on a development where he was going to be my development partner. Um, we were doing really big things. And so when I went into this storm, like as I was coming out, one of my biggest things was like, no one's ever going to do business with me again. Cause right. you, you, know, you make millions and you lose millions. I lost millions of dollars when the market crashed, just like a ton of other people right. did, right? Um, and I remember one day driving down the road and I was talking to one of my coaches because I had realized that I didn't know how to get myself out of this. And he and I were having this conversation and what I was stuck on, like I went from kind of standing in the front of the room, being the guy who was willing to talk to like literally hiding under a rock because I was so embarrassed. Right. You know, I lost all this money. I went through this divorce. I was a total fucking failure. Right. Like I was just an absolute failure. And I remember my coach telling me something that changed my perspective in a radical way. He's like, you had to make the millions to lose them. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I get that. But I really started to think about it. And the reality is most people have never made the millions to even lose the millions. Right. So he's kind of, he's like, you have to reframe this and look at it and realize like, even though you lost, you know, millions of dollars, you still flipped almost 3,700 homes. You're one of the biggest home flippers in America. Right. He's like, you have all of these things that you've done, but you, you can't lose millions unless you make millions. 
And so I started reframing my brain and, and, and on that call with him one day, I told him, I didn't feel like I was bankable. I didn't feel like anybody was going to do business with me anymore. Here I was having made millions, lost millions. Who's going to, who's going to want to partner with me or do deals with me or scale or grow anything right. with me there. Yeah, Cause I mean, people are like, Oh, it's that guy. Yeah. That guy. Oh, he right. lost millions. Don't touch it. It's like the hot yeah. potato. Nobody wants to every prior to that. Everybody wanted to do deals with me. People were throwing money at me like, Oh, go invest my money in, in the real estate and here I'll give you a line of credit. Cause we were doing so many real estate deals. We were crushing it. Right. We had people literally offering us like a million dollar line of credit here, a $2 million line of credit there. And like, we literally couldn't deploy it fast enough. That's how big wow. we were getting. And he, he, he's like, I want you to pull over the car. I was like, all right. And this video is actually still on YouTube. And he's like, I want you to pull over the car and I want you to, to literally get your phone out and record a video and, t and say on camera that you're bankable. And he's like, and then I want you to post it on YouTube. And I'm like, fuck you. Wow. Like number one, I was terrified to even speak. The funny thing is now everybody sees me speaking from stage in this period of time. Like I didn't, I had no friends. I didn't talk. I wasn't on social media at all. Like I was so embarrassed and just so in my own head of being this failure. And I, and he made me do it. He made me pull over and I mean, didn't make me, but like challenged me to do it. And I recorded this video and I was like, I am bankable. And I said it multiple times on the, on the, on the, on the video. Right. Um, and it was that moment where I started to really shift my mind and realizing that like, I can look at the failure one of two ways, either I got my ass kicked and I can stay down forever, or I learned some shit that I would have never learned had I not done the deals the way that I did them. For sure. And this is what I see today. Like a lot of people, they get so fucking stuck in a divorce, in a bankruptcy, in whatever it is from their past that they never actually move past it. Right. And it's taken me literally 10 years to rewrite that story, to realize like, like, I wasn't afraid of failing. I'd already failed. I, I knew what that was like. What I was afraid of was being judged for it. Right. And and so that kind of that literally the bankable and it's on it's it's on YouTube. It'd be funny. You should like put a little square here. Right. And like play a little video. Yeah, I will. It's so cheesy and it's so me. Like I was terrified doing this video. That's what makes it funny. Murph, are you looking it up? Are you on YouTube? It's such a cheesy video because like people see the videos now, but this was like pre beard. I'm like this young squeaky little kid. Like talking about how bankable I was, but right. that literally has been kind of my MO for the last 10 plus years is understanding that one lesson. Right. You know what I mean? Like you say, how'd you come out? Like I had to reprogram my brain going, okay, I had to make the millions to lose them. So I, I, I did do something credible and have value. I mean, if you got divorced, yeah, you might've fucked up your marriage, but you at least took that step, got into the game. Right. right. And that's kind of something you and I talk about. Most people won't even get in the game. Right. Most people won't ever make 1 million to lose 1 million. So it's right. like, you can't have that conversation with me, but anybody that's ever built anything big knows what it's like to get their ass handed to them For at sure. some point. In time. And you're going to go like, you're going to ebb and flow. There's going to be successes and failures. Like people, 100%. people look at like, even when you made those millions of dollars with flipping crazy homes, I'm sure you lost some sometimes. Like it oh, yeah. wasn't a hundred percent wins a hundred percent of the time, but people didn't, people don't see that. Like yeah. they see kind of nowadays they see what, people want them, you know, not you, but oh, like totally. in generally people see what, what are put out there, what they want people to see sure. of them, which looks like a hundred percent wins all the time. Yeah. Like when you're flying around doing this, doing that, like people think, Oh man, it's just winning and winning yeah. and winning and winning. But you don't know, like, okay, you just went, I flew on the plane maybe to go to do a deal. And I just lost a million bucks and flying back with my tail tucked between my legs saying, yeah. damn, how do I do that? But you can dwell on it and say, this is why I can't be successful and poor me, yeah. which everybody might've get into that, you know, that, you know, situation. It's easy to do that. Yeah, Cause it's, it's easy, dude. And it, it, there's so much, especially nowadays, there's so yeah. much 
like public eye. And even if you're not like a public figure, social media, it's, if you got a few hundred friends, thousands of people can see oh, yeah. whatever that is. And so there's so much like pressure on people to just be a hundred percent. Win, like, win, 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 win. But it's just not realistic. It's not. Like you, you have to fail your way through things and success. Like my, I have a, a mentor of mine that always said, look, look at every situation, bad or good, like a lesson, a lesson or a blessing. And it could 100%. be both. Well, they, they all are. I mean, if you really think about it, I, I tell people this all the time now in speaking and in, in, in coaching and stuff like that. I'm like, when, when have most of your, when have most of the biggest lessons come? To the failures. It's typically during the darkest periods right. of time. But what, what do we do as humans? We avoid the darkness. We avoid failure. We avoid any risk whatsoever. But yet that's where all the lesson happens. Right. That's where all the education happens. That's where all the learning happens. Like we were literally just talking about this post, like doing, you know, uh, on Facebook about, you know, why aren't you a millionaire? Right. And there's so many people that, that say, I'm afraid to fail. Well, the reality is if you've never made one, you can't, you can't talk like that because you don't know. Right. Right. And this is where so many people get stuck is it's like we avoid risk. We avoid anything that could be scary at, at all costs. Right. And really at the end of the day, like it's in those moments of jumping. It's in those moments of risk. It's in those moments of doing something where there is no clear cut plan that you learn the most. Right. You get married. I mean, you could check all the boxes. She checks all the boxes. He checks all the boxes. And all of a sudden you get into it and you're two years into it and you're like, fuck, what did we sign up for? Right. What are we doing? Which, which happens all we the time. We don't know, right? Yeah. But, but it's in that moment, like in that time that you will build the strongest marriage. Right. right? And this is coming from somebody who's been divorced who did it one way. I learned my lesson and now I'm doing it totally different. Right. right? And so it's, it, this is what I encourage people to do is like, it, it sounds odd, but like fail more, fail faster. Right. You see something that doesn't work. Don't sit there and cry about it. Fix it. Move. Like right. This is what really, in my opinion, this is what makes millionaires, millionaires and billionaires, billionaires is they're able to, to pivot and move quicker than what anybody else moves. Right. They see an obstacle. They fucking create the solution. They don't talk about the obstacle. They're like, what's the solution? Right. This is something that like, I mean, I'm, I'm very, very passionate about with my kids. My kids will come in. And they'll be fighting and they'll be like crying and he did it. And I'm like, the only thing I'll tell them, solve the problem, solve the fucking problem. Right. Don't talk to me about what happened. I don't give a shit who threw what I don't care who hit who solve the problem right now. Right. Cause if you think about it, like that's what, that's what you do better than a lot of other people, which is why you are where you are. Right. That's why millionaires and billionaires and good families and strong couples are the way they are is they solve problems. They don't focus on the problem. They don't focus on the lack. They're like, here's something that's right in front of us. What's the solution to this? Right. What's the next step? And I feel like the more people do that over and over and over again, you get conditioned to it. You get calloused. For to sure. It. It's just like lifting weights. The more you lift the weights, the stronger you're going to get. The more challenges you look at, see, experience, and then pivot and move, the, the better you get at moving through obstacles. Right. And, and accepting that pain. That's why they 100%. say, like, you know, you can, you can look at today's top athletes how many times they've basically accepted the pain. Like oh, yeah. you know, back when I was in high school, I hated running and hated doing those things. And so maybe I had a little worse attitude than I should have. And people excelled further than I did because I shied away from all that yeah. stuff. And I believe like, you know, what you're just talking about is people like your Facebook post, people are shying away. I don't want to risk. Well, why? Yeah. Because we're just trained to not want to accept pain. Like there's a difference yeah. between like just hurting yourself to hurt yourself. That's sure. just stupid being stupid, but like accepting the pain. And like my mom always used to say, plan, do check and adjust. You make a plan, you do it, you check it, you adjust it constantly like a million that. times good. a day, a million times a day. And you can't do plan, do it. It's not working. Check it, 
for six months. Yeah, burn the and whole then, thing down and redo it. It's right, like, like yeah. you're just playing new check and adjust yeah. every single day constantly. Yeah. It's like a it's like a calculation as much as you can do. Right. And then you have to have a dream bigger than the obstacle. Yep. You can't say, oh, you know, especially like in our RV business, man, we got, I mean, I'm this week we've had crazy things happen. But say, like, okay, what is our goal, guys? Yeah. You know, here's our goal. Here's the objectives we want to create. Is this going to get us to our goal? Yep. No, move forward. We just keep moving forward and pressing forward because it's the will to win. Like It's hard, man. It's hard. Like you, you know it and I know it. And the people that we roll around with know it, you know, but like the average, I mean, we're average. I'm average. You're average. Maybe we're, you know, you can define that however you want, but like most human beings are so like we're, we're programmed to resist pain. We're programmed where, to resist obstacles. Where do you think that comes from? Is it like when we were little? I think, yeah. I, I mean, we could take this all the way back to when we were kids and like, how, is, is it where mom and dad, no, don't do that. No, do no, that. Yeah, no, 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 sure. no, no. I mean, well, I, I mean, I'm asking because well, like, think, think about it. Like I, I love talking about this. Right. This is like the psychological shit that, you know, how do you make money? It's easy. Like we talk about building businesses all day long. Right. But if you really think about the average human being, and this is the shit that blows people's mind because we're not that different. Like, like black, white, gay, straight, rich, poor the even playing field is that most of us grew up the same. Great. Maybe you grew up in a broken home or this or that, whatever it is. But like when you think about how we were trained and programmed as little kids, right? Right. Ever since you were a child, here's what's right. And here's what's wrong. Good boy, bad boy. Don't do this, do this. Right. If you grew up in a religious environment, here's what will get you to heaven. Here's what God hates. And this is what, what's going to send you to hell kind of a thing. Right. Right. And as you're a little kid, this is the, the instant programming when you come into this world, right? Don't touch that. No, 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 no. I mean, how many times you get around right. a kid? No, 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 Don't do right. No, no. And there's that constant thought process of this is what's good and this is what's bad. This is what's right. This is what's wrong. Right. You're a little kid in school, like sit down, quiet down, like sit at your desk. This is your desk. In fact, when you're a little kid, they wrote your name at the top of yep. your desk, right? So you knew yep. your desk. Assigned seats. And this is where Jason sits and this is his, his desk. And here's Sean's desk. Do you need to go to the bathroom? Great. Raise your hand. You can go up. You can get the key, right? Do you? Do, would you like to speak? Okay, raise your hand, and I'll give you permission to say something. But don't say anything that might offend anybody else here because then you're going to hurt their feelings, and that's bad. Right. Think that through. Just think that one dynamic through of yeah. why people today are so fucking terrified to speak their mind. It's because when we were little children, we were programmed. If you say something that hurts Murph's feelings, you're bad. Right. Don't do that. It might be your passion. It might be your truth. It might be something that you're radically like intense about. But if you say something that hurts his feelings, what are you programmed to believe? Like I'm bad. I'm yeah. wrong. Yeah. I grew up literally for 30 years of my life, never speaking my mind. I never said anything that was really true to me because I always said what was socially acceptable. This is right. literally what led to like kind of my midlife crisis. I was like, I was a self-made multimillionaire. I had the house, the cars, the boat, the kids, the wife, the multiple houses. And it was like, at 30 years old, I'm going, is this it? Like, is this it? Like, I'm not doing what I want to do. I'm, I'm working 15, 16 hour days. I'm checking the box of what success looks like. Right. But I feel like a total fucking failure. Right. Because I'm not being me. I'm not doing what I want to do. And this was kind of like where you go from you know, Sean 1.0 to Sean 2.0 is I realized like, Ever since I was a child, this is what I was taught to be right and normal and good. This is what a good dad looked like. This is what a good um, religious participant looks like. This is what a good father looks like, a good husband looks like. This is what a successful business looks like. And you try and check all these boxes and you realize, like, I don't say anything that I want to say. I'm not living the life that I want to live. I'm doing it. You know, I ask my wife, hey, can we buy this or should we do this or whatever, whatever. It's like my wife's not wanting me to ask her for permission. Like she wants me to go freaking hunt. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I truly believe this is what 
is at the root of a lot of our cultural problems, our social problems, our marriage problems, our relationship problems, is that people have been programmed since they were children to lie. We've been programmed to say what's socially acceptable, not what's true to us. Right. We've been programmed to do what our parents did and what their parents did and what the church does and what our socioeconomic people do. Right. And this is what it looks like. And anytime you like veer out of the box, go all the way back to a kid. What happened when a kid like me who was rowdy and didn't like to sit in the classroom? Yeah. It popped pills on my throat. Right. Take Adderall, take Ritalin. Like literally think about what we're doing yeah. as a culture. We're taking little children and saying, whoa, you're way too excited. You have way too much energy. Take this pill. Let's get you numbed down so that you'll sit at your desk with your name on it and do as you're told. Right. And then as you get older and older and older, the more like outlandish you are, like me and saying things or being out there, it's like, whoa, what the fuck? You can't do that. Right. That makes people offended. I'm going to block you on Facebook. I'm going to block you on social media. Zuckerberg's going to shut you off because you said something that a lot of people got upset about. You, you see, like, see this yeah. pattern, and it started when we were little kids, right? And and I truly believe that's what's at the root of uh, the men's suicide. I mean, men's suicide is an all time high. Male, males are killing themselves. Men are killing themselves more uh, now than during the Great Depression. Wow! And it's not because there's a lack of money. It's not because there's a lack of opportunity. I mean, Jesus, we have cell phones that freaking talk to spaceships and shit. Like, right. it's not because we don't have the tools to win. It's because most men are 30, 35, 40, 45, 50 years old going, I'm checking all the boxes, doing everything that I was told to do, yet I hate my life. Right. I'm not doing anything I want to do. And then they feel trapped because you've built this world just like I did. I built the world of success. I have the house, the car thing. I have all of the things that success looks like, but I hate who I am. I hate where I am in life. Right. And a lot of guys kill themselves. A lot of guys don't know where to go. They don't know how to have these kinds of conversations. You right. Know? Because I mean, we're, we're told as a society that men don't, men can't really just pull up your pants, right. put your big boy pants. Yeah. On, you know, don't be emotional. Chest. Don't, don't complain about this. Don't complain about that one. It's yeah. like, Hey, I'm, I'm hurting. Like how many people do you know um, that like you've heard stories of like, man, they, they kind of like thinking about, it, they had signs. They asked me if yeah. I would come hang out with them. They yeah. asked me if they could talk to me and I kind of shoved them off like, bro. Yeah you know, deal with your own shit. Yeah. And then they ended up, you know, committing suicide. And you're like, mm -hmm. wow. Like there's so many times that I can look back and say, there's, you know, I should have, yep. but, but like, like me as a guy, like I'm like, I'm, I'm an emotional guy. I'm begging. Like there's sometimes I'm begging for like connection, like connect. Yeah. Like I just, yeah. but I think all people want that, but the society has told us, Hey, be a man. But even our, our family. Yeah. Like I grew up with in an Irish Catholic family. I mean, my family was like pretty hardcore. You know what I mean? Right. Like, don't cry. You know, hey, chin up. Like, wipe the tears. Don't cry. Like, we, I don't ever remember seeing my father cry. Really? I don't ever remember seeing my father cry. I don't remember seeing people in my family cry. My grandparents, like, we were just this hard-nosed Irish Catholic family. Like, we fought and we freaking drank. That's what Irish people are right. known for. Yep. And I don't remember that. And so I never saw my father be emotional. I never had my father be emotional. Like, physical touch wasn't a thing, right? Like I'll take my daughter who's 19. We go on daddy daughter dates. Like she's now on her mission, but like I took her on a, on a daddy daughter date every week. Right. And I'd hold her hand and I put my arm around her and I kiss her and I take my boys out and I got my arms around them and I hug them and I kiss them. And like, if I don't inject that and show them that reality of emotional compassion and connection, who will, right. I'm just going to be raising my kids. Like my father raised me, which is just put your big boy pants on and handle your shit. Right. And there's a conversation for that, but let's be real. Like, what's the truth? Right. But like, we're humans, right? We're emotional human, like we're emotional we beings. Are. And that's where they're like, Hey, he just flipped his lid one day yeah. and freaked out. Well, yeah, you have all this built up emotion 
that you're told not to say anything. Yeah. And then it's kind of just the last straw sometimes often and where yeah. they, they, you know, harm themselves or they harm other people or they, or they just, just freak out. Life, yeah. Man. Or yeah. You because society this. tells yeah. us what Instagram, like, you know, Hey, have cause same situation. I can, so there, there's a couple deep things that I want to get into right now. And this is a little bit off topic episode, which I love because yeah, this, this, this is a great, this, this is great. This is great. Well, you know, we, we talk a lot about culture camp, sure. but this is our culture, yeah, right? Like it is culture camp does also, you know, have to mean business and teams, which we can get in and yeah, yeah. whatever. But like, this is the root of people, right? Like this is yep. about people. And like, I was very similar to situation of you, you know, I may, I was not nearly as wealthy as you, but I, same thing. I had the house, the cars, the life. I was a speaker. I was a top earner network marketing company, miserable with my life and ended up getting divorced. I had a, you know, had a daughter, got divorced, got, you know, into some really stupid things, did some stupid things. And like, I kept telling myself like, you know, all like, you know, have like a dream board and a vision board and you know, all yeah. these things, which is great. Like people could sure. have goals and whatever, but like I got the Rolex, I wore it and I'm like, man, people don't even notice that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, and I'm like, man, everybody's gonna notice I have a Rolex and people don't really notice that. Yeah. I drove, had a Bentley. People, what kind of car is that? Are you freaking <laughs> kidding me, man? Now, Lambo's definitely different, hey, but like, notice that, I yeah. had the, uh, yeah. what, what kind of car is that? Are you kidding me? Or like, hey, I saw you went to some resort in Hawaii. Like, dude, there's a Grand Wailea. Mm-hmm. Well, what is that? And so I'm like, this is not fulfilling as I thought it was. Yeah. And I got so deep and dark into like my own self of like, dude, I felt like a, I felt like a failure. Like there was no reason to be alive, honestly. Like I just, I, I worked my whole life and you know, it wasn't very long, but like I worked, everything that I had and every, every minute away from my wife and kid, like thinking that if I got these things, I'd be so happy. And if I made a hundred thousand dollars, I'd be so happy. If I made a million dollars, I'd be so happy. And then that all happens. And you're like, I got more problems. I got bigger problems now because it's more money. You know, there's just different things going on and it's not reality. Like it's it's interesting that we're having this conversation because I was literally listening to a podcast right now um, I'm in the middle of it with Eric Thomas and Ed Milet. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you listen to that yeah, one. A good one. When he talks about how he was so focused on those things yep. and, but you have like, there's so much, cause he's talking about, he was speaking with the LA Rams and he's like, look, you have all these goals and all these aspirations of a Super Bowl, and then, then what? you get it. And then what? Right. And that's where there's not a lot of repeat, you know, winners of you know championships right. there are those very circumstantial sure. situations but like hey my goal since i was a little kid i want to win a super bowl then you win it well, now what like where you're 28 years old and yeah. your life i guess is 100 percent fulfilled well like et says on the podcast is like say you live to 90 what are you going to do for 78 years mm-hmm. yeah like what, what are you going to do or 80 whatever it is or whatever years and it's so interesting that people think that like objectives and things and like checking those boxes of like those life timelines are what life is about. But that's not like, yeah, I truly believe that like that is like whatever you feel fulfilled, whether it's helping people, speaking to people, like, you know, consulting or whatever you want to say to people or like just being a coach to people. Like, like I think generally as humans, humans would like want to help other humans. And that, is way more fulfilling and seeing people succeed. Sure. Like I'm sure like with your oh, yeah. lion's den, seeing that is like, yeah, like, yeah, you know, it's, I can, it's, way, it's, there's, there's a lot, there's more fulfillment in me seeing other people win than a lot of people think. Right. You know, and, and like we could go into why we are that way, why you did what you did. And I did what I did. Cause a lot of dudes are just like that. Right. right. And maybe you haven't gotten to the divorce stage yet or, Maybe, well, I, I maybe, definitely went and had a divorce. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is like the average guy listening, average guy, yeah. 
the look when I say average, I'm talking about everybody, the collective of men, right? Because right. I'm fucking as average as anybody else. Like we all are, right? We think that we're special, and yeah, I think I'm special, but we're all just yeah. we're literally these bags of bones on this rock that's going through space right. to who knows the fuck where, right? Right. It, it, it's it's fascinating, but when you think about it, like we're hunters, we're primals, like we we go, <clears throat> excuse me, into this like old school world, we're only a few generations off from like hunters and gatherers, true right. hunters and gatherers. We don't know that. We know especially what's worse is the kids nowadays. Oh, where yeah. They don't even, when I say a pager or like a blackberry, they're like, what's a blackberry? Is right. that like a blueberry? Like, right. is it a fruit? Like what's a blackberry? I, the phone, it's a phone, man. You didn't know right. what a fucking Motorola flip phone no, is. Like, the razor baby. I don't even know that. <laughs> like, I don't know how to have a conversation. Just hit me up on TikTok, Right. Right. But there's a lot to be said for the, the, the actual accolades, like for the, the tangible things. Right. I looked at those as the level of success and what I failed to do is build a life. Right. And kind of my 2.0 has been realizing that like life and the life that I'm living is what the definition of success is. So for me, it's being able to do anything that I want whenever I want with whoever I want. But prior to that, it was the escalation of the things and the movement from this neighborhood to this neighborhood, to this thing, to this thing. And it's this fascinating thing because this goes all the way back to like our, our, our DNA and our programming around like money. Like it's, it sounds funny for you and I, but like the flex of like, where are you at for retirement? Your 401k and right. are you here? Are you there? Are you on your projections? Are you going towards your, Oh my God, we're, we're 10 years behind honey. Our financial planner says that we need to do this, this, and you make right. all these crazy ideas and these crazy decisions based off of stuff that you truly don't even want to do. Right. You're living a life that you were told to live and that's what you're living. You're not living your life. You're not doing what you want to do. You know, right. I mean, you look at like, uh, uh, what I, I really love the story of Jim Carrey who phenomenal, brilliant actor. Right. And he, he, he basically walks away from acting, has his own coming to Jesus. If you will. I love the story of Jesus going into the wilderness. Cause that's one of the things I teach people. I'm like, right. have you ever actually gone into your own wilderness? Like, especially with religion, like most people have never questioned anything. They've never questioned. They've never gone into their own wilderness. So you look at like, I went into my own wilderness for almost two years. Jim Carrey goes into it and everybody's like, oh, he's, he's going off the reservation. He's going right. crazy. He's, he's painting yeah. now. He grew a big beard. And it's like, that's what the motherfucker wants to do. Like, he, and you talk to him now. I, my, my wife was watching a, a thing with him the other day um, on Netflix. And he's like, I'm more happy now than I ever was before. Right. And, and you think about that. But what does the outside world look at and say about him now? Like right. he's, he, crazy. he's crazy. He's off the rails. He's like, went yeah. off the rails, but he's like, no, I'm happy. Right. And that's the dichotomy that's really fascinating about this is it's like, I think everybody has to go through their wealth stage, right? They buy the Rolex, do thing. They realize, oh shit, like, oh, I don't even care. Like, whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Like guys like you and I, and, and I don't mean it disrespectfully, but like you could hand somebody your watch and be like, cool. Right. I wouldn't, it wouldn't, and it, would, really, and it, yeah. it wouldn't matter. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't think I feel around. like emotional about it. Sure. Like I don't walk around handing people $30,000 watches just right. because, but like the point is, is that it, we're not attached to those things anymore. Right. Where before I was attached to that, my, my success was based off of you know, the Yacht Master yeah. and the yeah. A8L and the Caddy and the houses and the boat where now it's like being able to sit down and have a conversation like this, right. but having the, the, the freedom that I built to be able to take my friends to Hawaii or go here or right. literally coach every one of my kids teams and being at every single event and being able to like, literally my wife, we slept in until nine o'clock this morning. Yeah. That's awesome. We woke up at like six and we're like, and eh, let's just, we had sex and we went back to bed. Yeah. And like, we woke up at like nine 15. She's like, what time is it? It's like nine 15. And that was awesome for me. That's right. the freedom that I wanted. I wanted to build that type right. of life where before it was like, bro, that alarm clock went off at five 30. I was like, fucking just right. militant, get well, up, the, go to do the thing. And so 
Yeah, that's that's crazy. To, to me, it's the life, and, yeah. and this is where we can go down a million rabbit holes with this. But it's hard because you setting up your own life, you building it the way you want to do it, might be completely contrary to everything you've ever been taught and/or programmed to believe. Right. And I truly believe that's the real that's the real peeling of the veil, if you will, for a man is to step back and go, okay, God put me here today. Like, is it to be a slave to someone else? And I'm not just talking about a job, but is it to be doing what everybody has told me to do? Or is it to do what I want to do? Right. To raise my family the way I feel called to raise them, to say the words that I feel called to say, to build the business the way that I want to build the business. And I truly believe that's the real differentiating factor between a slave and a free man. I mean, I talk right. a lot of lines of sheep about yeah. a free man and made the shirt and the whole thing, because to me, I want freedom. The ultimate freedom is doing what I want when I want with whoever I want. Right. And that's the definition of success. People ask me now, what's your definition of success? That's it. Being able to do anything you want, anytime you want with anyone you want. Right. Well, and, and like you, you, it's, it's funny because, you know, going back to maybe when you were at your peak, if I would ask you, Hey man, give me your watch. You know, you either yeah. had to give me your watch or, you know, go on a vacation, you know, or go on a work trip for a week. You probably would have went on the work trip for, oh, for a week sure. and not seen your family. So 100%. But if I'm like, hey, you either can coach your kids mm -hmm. or give me your watch. You uh, give me your watch in two seconds. That's and it's, 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 it's the values that have changed, right? And, right. and it's, it's kind of the, it, I like how you say Sean 1.0 and 2.0 because I've, I've learned the same thing because for a few thousand bucks, I would hop on an airplane, spend all the time away from my family because, oh, yeah. you know, a speaking fee, whatever. Yeah. And coming to find out, like, it was not worth it. Now yeah. I'm thinking, well, what are they going to think of me? I get a, you know, Instagram shout out and I get to be on a bulletin board, like a, you know, flyer, whatever. Like, I get to be on this stuff and I got to go speak and it's going to be awesome. Now I'm like, now when I go do it, I'm like, okay, how fast can I get in and out? Yeah. How can I do this? How can yeah. I do that? Where do and, I even want to go? Right. And and me more now, it's it's my want to help people, yeah. right? It's more of like I'm going to to just like, you know, pour into people yeah. and help add people value. and you, you add value, not to, you know, throw throw a, you know, we I used to get paid in a little cash and throw a freaking big old envelope of cash from my backpack and walk into the airport like yeah. I'm a badass. And then the whole time my wife's like, dude, you should have been home. You should have done mm -hmm. this. Why'd you take an extra day? Like, did you really need to go that long and the yeah. baby and this and that? And I'm like, dude, I, you know, I, yeah. I'm doing what I need, I need yeah. to do. Like I, I you take care of that. I'll take care of this. We're I, good. like, you know, which is cool so wrong about that is, is a lot of people have it backwards. And I'd, I'd love to hear your insight on this. Like they, a lot of people feel like you have to sacrifice to be able to get the financial reward. And I believe that for most of my life. And that's what I would always tell my wife this, look, we're going to work really freaking hard to, to, date myself, like my goal was to be able to have a hundred thousand dollars a month of passive cash flow by the time I was 30. And then I was going right. to retire. I was like, that's a million dollars a year. Like when I'm in my early twenties, like that was like, uh, yeah. that was a fucking stretch, bro. I didn't grow up with shit. I grew right. up with a mom that worked two jobs. Like to make a million dollars a year, no one in my family as far back as we can go has made even half that. Right? right. So to me, that was like the ultimate home run. But you think about the sacrifice that it took to get there. A lot of people are, are confused at my lifestyle now. And they think that my, that my lifestyle is, is like a result of the financial gain. Right. What they don't realize is the financial gain has come because of my lifestyle and right. it's backwards. That's powerful. And what I share with people now is like, don't design the perfect business. Don't design the perfect thing, design the perfect life. And then what will happen is you'll build the business around that. Cause right. what we're programmed to believe and what we're, to, what we're literally taught since we were little kids 
go here, go to the, get an education, go to college, do the deal, work your way up the corporate ladder, and then you'll hit this place where then you can be financially set and live life. Right. By that time, people are dead, having heart attacks. They're fucking get hit by a bus. Like they get divorced. Right. They're starting over at 55 years old, right? Right. My belief system now and what I coach people on and train people on and teach people is like, fuck all of that. Build your life first. What does the ideal life look like? You want to race cars? Cool. You think that it's out of reach, but you just haven't figured out how to do it yet. Right. Because your thought process is, I'm going to make all this money and then I can do this where what I'm saying is, okay, if it costs you a million dollars a year to race, you can't see that right now. But here's what a million dollars looks like. This is how much you have to make per quarter, per month, per week, and per day. Right. Then it becomes bite-sized. Now you go, oh shit, this is a lot more tangible than I thought. And now here's the thing, you've already built your life. So now you're just building the business to basically accommodate how you want to live life. And when right. I got that, kind of my 2.0, as I burned everything to the ground and I started looking at like, literally I spent 18 months trying to figure out why I was even on this earth. I contemplated and wrestled with God. Like I didn't even want to live for a, a period of time. Wow. But when I got to that place where I was like, no, I want to fucking live. And I started to question everything and not in a defiant way. Like, yeah, mom, why did you tell me about that? About God? I didn't care about that. I was like, I want to figure out who God, I want to figure this God thing out. And right. I went on my own journey. And I was like, I know what everybody's told me about business, but why can't I live the exact life that I want to live and then have a business be able to provide that? Right. And so I literally broke it down to like, what do you want to do? Like I hate, for instance, sales. I don't do sales calls. I can't stand sales calls. Yet a lot of coaches in the industry have their high ticket things and they're right. willing to spend hours on the phone to go make 10 grand or whatever. I'm not. I don't right. want to do it. So it's like, okay, that's out of the question. So that eliminates this one part of the business that I don't want to do. So I can either find somebody to do it or pay somebody to do it or just build something totally different. Right. Right. And it's, it's such a mind fuck for men, especially because we've been so deeply programmed of what it's supposed to look like. Right. That we can't see it any other way. And we don't have good people in our circle that challenge us. Right. And you've right. heard me talk about this a ton. Like, when we're sitting on a jet, people think we're just planning these big, massive moves and these takeovers. And I'm like, right. yo, man, so. Dude, we were eating Panera bread, chilling. We were or Panera, about whatever, weird chilling. Shit, like yeah. God going to the lake and hanging out with our family and yeah. our friends. Your right? rant, we were just talking about we random just stuff. just shooting the shit. Yeah. And that's what I think is fascinating about really what's happening in our culture right now. And this is one of the reasons that I truly love social media is because a lot of people look at my life or your life or you bought a jet. What the fuck? How does this happen? Right. They look at my life and they're like, oh, I want that. So I'm going to have to sacrifice all these things to go get it. Right. And what I challenge people to do is say, what does that look like for you? You might just want to go fishing. You might not right. give two rats asses about a frigging race car, but you want to fish. You want to, you want to have a bass boat and go, f go in this tournament down in wherever. Right. And like your goal is to get this bass boat and that would be your euphoria. That would be your dream. So it's like, cool. Like then what do you have to do to be able to build that? Right. And I, and I, and it's, it's so beautiful for me because when you start asking these questions of people and you can get them to just step back and take everything they think they know and challenge it. Not say, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying like you've been told that all of these things and this is what your belief system is. Is it possible that there's another way? Right. Is it possible that there's just something different? Right. I, I tell people all the time, like oh, this is an example I use when I'm speaking, like I'll hold up a can of Coke or like this. I'm like, what is this? Like, like this is a, it's an energy drink. Monster, yeah. It's carbonated water. It's a, it's a, you know, a beverage container. It's terrible. It's bad. It's whatever. And then I'll be like, well, it's a billboard. And right. People are like, it's not a billboard. A billboard's what you see down by the freeway. I'm like, you fucking kidding me? 
right? This Big old logo, the whole board. The, the three want, three quarters of it's a M. This is a fucking yeah. billboard. Monster and Coca Cola and For Ford realizes that that round blue Ford insignia is a fucking driving billboard. Right. Coke realizes no matter what country you go into, if I said just a a, a swoosh mark, what's the first thing yeah, you think of? Coke. Nike yeah. or Nike? Oh no, yeah, Nike. Mark, Nike. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You would always a recognize billboard. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is my point with people: is I'm like, you're thinking about work and business as this one dimensional thing. Right. It's got to look like this. I have to show up in an office. I have to punch a clock. I got to check out. Like, no. Like, what if it's completely fucking different than that? Right. What if it's literally you redesigning what you even think about business? Now take this to marriage, to this. Right. I mean, I had I had a dad bod my entire freaking life. I did triathlons and the whole thing, but I was never really shredded. Both of my parents, neither of my parents was in shape. Neither of my parents were like athletic or anything like that. My mindset was always, a six pack is for the dude that spends six hours in the gym. Right. And my buddy, Andy Frasilla started this program called 75 hard. And I was just coming out of spine surgery and I was like really low and depressed. And I did 75 hard. And in 75 days, I got shredded as fuck, like 7% body fat, six wow. pack. And it was like, wait a second. Like I'm looking at fitness, like one dimensional, right? Like, holy shit. It's totally different. Right. And so I've started looking at everything in life that way. And, and this is what I challenge people to do is like, just challenge what you think about business. Right. Challenge what you think about God, about your marriage, about connection, about who you are. Right. And you start spinning people's brains. And to me, that's the true level of freedom. Right. When you can challenge yourself and go, is there a better way to do this? Is there a different way? And it might be totally, and this is why a lot of people look at me, they're like, we're just this angry, crazy, ridiculous guy, whatever. Cause they just see this one thing and they realize, no, I'm, I'm a big kid. Right. I'm a grown ass kid. That's like, okay, I want to buy a race car. Cool. I, I don't know anything about it. I'm just going to build this life. And then I'm going to build my business to be able to support my life. And right. I've literally done it and be like, well, I don't understand how you do that. And it's like literally challenge everything you believe, which is one of the most difficult things for a human being to do. Right. And I think that when you're, when, when you do challenge things, and you do find whatever that is, I think you have a deeper connection with it. You want to know why it's so hard for people though? Why? Because they're terrified of what they might find out. They're that's, terrified. That's deep. Yeah. They're terrified true. of what they might find out. You might find out that your belief in God is based solely off what your parents and your pastor taught you. Right. And you've never actually talked to God. Right. You've never actually connected with God. You might come to find out that the family business, you don't want anything to fucking do with but you're just there because you feel like you have a duty to the family. Right. So when you start asking questions and you truly want to know, it's a wildly terrifying place and it makes you become radically vulnerable. Right. Because you might learn things, see things, experience things radically different than what you think you believe. Right. And to me, that's fun. This is why I love so much the conversation around God, right? God's a huge factor in my life. I'm not religious at all. I grew up Catholic. I was spent a long time in the Mormon church, served a Mormon mission. And I realized like religion isn't, isn't what serves me. It's my connection to deity. So I went right. off into my wilderness and I started conversing with God and it was like, it was challenging everything I thought that I knew, everything that I had believed, everything that I had preached. And it wasn't a bad thing. It was a good thing. It was this ex expansion of my mind. I've done right. the same thing with business. It's like, yeah, I could build a million dollar company just selling pens if I wanted to, but what the fuck do I know about pens? Right. Not very much, but in a matter of 20 minutes, I can figure out everything I needed yeah. to know and then build a million dollar business around pens. Like that right. shit is like, you would think, well, I got to go to school and I got to learn how it's made and where the ink, I don't need to know any of that shit. Right. You see what I'm saying? But most people don't think that way. Right. We're these one dimensional 
creatures having this 80 dimensional experience of life. Right. It's fascinating. To well, me. It, it, I hear it so many times, you know, I, I get, you know, in my, my DMS or emails, texts, whatever, or phone calls of like, Hey, how do I, how do I start this? How do I start yeah. that? And I'm like, just, just start it. Google it. Like, how do I, how do I do a bodybuilding competition? Do it. Hire yeah. a coach, do this, do that. Yeah. Like, well, don't I got to do that? And don't I got to do this? And don't I, no, you just, you just like my mom always, like mom and dad always said, start and don't stop. Yep. Like if, if, if you had to know, it's like a doctor. If you had to know everything mm-hmm. to be a doctor, you would never be a doctor. Right. Like it, there's a call to practice for a reason. Right. And anything in life, whether you're, whether it's religion or whether it's not, not religion and just, a, you know, a walk with God and a relationship with God or a relationship with people, relationship, you know, uh, starting a business, you just need to start down the path yep. and kind of see where it takes you and force it. Like yeah. if, if you have an ulterior motive, you want to force it one way, it's not going to give you mm-hmm. the, the connection and the, and the results of that you, it probably should. Mm-hmm. But if you let it take it, take you where it's going to take you and you start and you keep pushing it forward, then amazing things are going to happen. Yep. I, I feel bad for people that are like, Oh, I, you know, lasted you know, a week into my new year's resolution, or yeah. I started a business and it lasted a month right. or, Hey, I've had an LLC for two years, but never did anything with it. But I have this idea. Well, why? Yeah. Like you just need to start. And, and there's so much anxiety from society about doing, about challenging and doing one-off things or yeah. going against the norm. It's just sad. And yeah. you, you won't have that fulfillment because there's so many people that I talk to that are like, Oh, I have this idea, or I actually wanted to become this, or wanted to become an attorney, and I, you know, and I'm doing this, or wanted to become a doctor, and I'm actually doing that. Like, well, why? Yeah. Well, I was forced to. Okay, well, do what you want to do. Well, yeah. you know, my my wife will think that, or my husband will think that, or Facebook and Instagram is going to think that. Yep. And it's it's crazy. And like, you know, what's funny? We think people care more than they do. Because <laughs> if someone, you know, I like, tell people that all the time. Like, I promise you, bro. Very, I, I say the same thing with me. Like, yeah, I got millions of followers and all that. I'm like, very few people care about me. Right. Like, I, I'm truly convinced of that. Like, no one wakes up going, fuck, I got to run right to the phone to see what Sean Whalen's doing today. No one does that. Right. Like, I just happen to pop into your feed at some point in time. Or but this, we that. think that, like, people Our are just, like, mindset yeah. is like, fuck, everybody's staring at me and looking at me. Everybody's wondering what Sean's doing. No one really is. Right. No one, like, I got five kids. I got bills. I got things. I got businesses. I got companies. I got friends. I got... I got a ton of shit going on. Right. I did not wake up. No offense, Murph. I didn't wake up this morning thinking about Murph. Right. But when I see Murph, I give Murph a big hug. Right. Like that's how people really are. Like everybody that you're afraid of judging you, laughing at you, whatever, whatever. They got their own shit they're dealing with. They got their own family and their own bills and their own friends and whatever, whatever. I promise you, people are not staring at you, like waiting for you to stumble to laugh at you. Right. Most people aren't even thinking about you. Right. I I saw a quote the other day. It was like an Instagram that was like, Every single person you run into is fighting a silent battle yep. you don't know of. Hundred percent. Like every single person you hear, like there's every person you talk to yep. is is fighting something. Hundred percent. Like it, there's some turmoil or something in there. That's yep. just kind of life. Like the life is not perfect. Yep. Not even close to perfect. And but we think, oh, we saw them in Hawaii and we yep. saw them, but we don't know. Like for me, you know, me and my wife might have argued the whole way in the airport because Mikkel likes to be about ten minutes late. Like she tries to be ten minutes late <laughs> to the plane. Luckily, some we fly on our own a yeah, lot, like, but we're still late. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, about hey, we're gonna be out an hour late. They're like, what? And I'm like, dude, I, you know, Mikel, I'm sorry, like, I don't know. Babe, I'm gonna bring you back to freaking commercial. You're gonna have fly commercial for right. here unless you get your shit straight. Yeah, we, we're, we're, I mean, Murph's flown with us before. We're really good at arriving yeah. to the airport when we're boarding, not even checking our bags yet. Right. So there's a level of anxiety, but they see the end result of of, of the vacation. Like, oh right. man, it's they live in this perfect world, and I'm like, guys, like we're. 
like I love my wife to death, but I'm like, it's not perfect. Like it's yeah. a challenge and like, I'm really trying to like work on not caring about being late, but it's yeah. like, it's hard for me, <laughs> but it's just, yeah. people think that's perception. It's just not reality. And people strive to be someone else or strive to be like, it even comes down to what am I going to wear to the jazz game? What are people going to think about me? What's yeah. my sweatshirt? Am I going to wear a sweatshirt? Am I going to wear it like tied like this or like that? Like people care. Like, yeah, like we all look like to look fitted. Yeah. We all like to look good, sure. but then you really walk through it and you're like, can you name one outfit you saw? Probably no. not. Like it's who, who can I notice somebody's J's or whatever. Yeah. But all like, nice shoes, bro. But like, like yeah. yeah. Cause that's something well, dude, we're hey, into, but here's what I, here's what I share with people. And this is, this blew my mind when I really understood it, when I like really got it. Um, and this was kind of part of my, my own journey, my own wilderness is like, I started, I had, I have a ton of fear. I have a ton of emotion. I have a ton of insecurities. Um, I've got a lot of trauma from my past. You can go on and on and on. I, I talk about that publicly and openly because it's true. Cause everybody, you know, everybody does. But you know, when I'm speaking to people, I'll be like, how many in here have ever failed at something? And like literally everybody will raise their hands. I'm like, look around. Okay. Now, how many of you have ever lost money? Damn near every person in the room. And, and so when you set the table and people start realizing, oh shit, you know, how many of you ever, ever been sad? How many of you ever been depressed? How many of you ever been suicidal? I mean, dude, I raised, I, I, I was sp speaking at an event and asked that question and it was fascinating how like people would look around, right? And I kind of set the stage where I stepped back and I said, listen, I'm not saying that you're suicidal. I'm just saying that you're going to kill yourself, that you're fucking got a gun in your pocket right now. I'm just saying, how many of you at any point in time of your life have ever had the deepest, darkest thoughts about ending your life? And almost everybody raised their hand in the room. And I said, I want you to just look around. You think you're an island. You think that, 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 that your fear is worse than everybody else's, that you're more scared or your trauma or your daddy issues or mommy issues, like everybody in here has them. Right. And, and what's fascinating is I tell people, I'm like, look, no one's really afraid of failing. Like no one listening to this podcast is afraid of failing. No one, when I ask the question about you know, the money on social media, no one's afraid of failing. The reason we're not is because we've done it before. Right. We failed at things our entire life. If you consider failure, whatever your yeah. definition is that. I said, but what people are deathly, deathly, deathly afraid of is being judged. For we're not sure. afraid of losing money. What we're afraid of is that our family will make fun of us for starting the business. And that's what we have the fear around. Right. But here's the, here's the real fucking kicker. And then when I, when I got this, a lot of people think they say, you know, Sean, you have no fear. You seem to just run around, whatever, whatever. I still have my own demons that I battle every single day, but I, I became very much a practitioner of facing the fear and jumping into it as quick as humanly possible, because that's how I get to the other side. That's right. how I built it. But if you really think about this, man, especially with social media. This is what fucks with people and they can't, they, it, it screws with their brains so bad. But if you really think about it, if you're fat, okay, you will be labeled undisciplined. Everybody will judge you for these things. You're, right. you're disgusting. You're a slob. You're whatever, whatever. Right. And whether it's public or private, whether people say it out loud or they think it, it doesn't fucking matter. But this is what we're afraid of. If you're fat, you're going to be judged, right? If you're ripped and on the other side of the spectrum, there's not, it's not natural, man. That guy's taking drugs for sure. He's right. been taking steroids. So now imagine for a second, no matter where you are on your fitness journey, somebody's going to talk some shit. Somebody's right. going to make fun of you. So right. like whether you're ripped and you take your shirt off and you post a picture, you're afraid because people are going to judge you. If you're fat and you, and you wear your t-shirt at the pool, you're going to be somebody to make fun of you. Right. No matter where you are, someone is going to talk shit. Right. Now go the opposite side with money. If you're poor, you're undisciplined, you're lazy, you lost money, you had bad spending habits, whatever, whatever. If you're rich, 
you're a total freaking scam artist. You're a snake oil salesman, blah, 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 blah. Right. So whether I'm driving a Honda Accord or I'm driving a Bugatti, I'm going to be judged. Somebody's right. going to talk shit about my Honda Accord. Somebody's going to talk shit about my Bugatti. And once this like clicked in my brain where I was like, okay, so really what that means is no matter what I do, no matter where I go, no matter what I say, no matter what I drive, no matter what I wear, somebody's going to talk some shit. Right. Once I got that into my head and I realized, okay, well, cool. Then if that's the case and no matter what I do and anywhere I am on the spectrum, somebody's talking some shit, then why don't I just do what the fuck I want to do? Right. Because you automatically know it's going to come. Right. And this is, I think, one of the hardest things for people to get through their head is realizing it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum. There will always be someone talking. There will right. always be somebody making fun of you. There will always be somebody talking shit. And once you realize that, then you realize I would rather be wealthy and have people talk shit than poor. Right. I would rather look really good at the pool for me and take my shirt off than be a fat slob. And somebody's going to say no matter what, then you start really building the shit you want to build. Right. And you start doing the things you want to do. I mean, dude, I catch shit no matter what. If I, if I did a post and said, I freaking love my dog, people going to be like, he hates cats. I know he hates <laughs> cats. I'm like, no, dude, I just told you that I love my fucking dog. Like, what are you talking about? Right. right. But when you really think about that, man, this is what really is at the heart of why so many people are stuck is they're so terrified of being judged. We judge ourselves more than anything. Right. Oh, I'm a failure. This is why that bankable video was so important for me. My coach saw that because like, I didn't believe in myself anymore. I didn't believe in who I was and my business acumen that I could build things. You know, here I am now years later building multiple multi-million dollar companies. Right. But literally I went through a bankruptcy where I literally did not think that I could build anything ever again. Right. So what did I, what did I do? I realized that it doesn't matter where on the spectrum of wealth I am. Someone's going to talk some shit. Right. So why not be on the, 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 asp the aspect of the spectrum that you want to be on? Right. Why not live the life you want to live? Right? right. I mean, this is such a fascinating conversation. This is what I'm really trying to empower into my kids is I want my kids to be fiercely independent. My goal with my kids is to, to create independent little monsters that, that, have fear that have reservation that have trepidation, but we'll jump anyways. Right. Because I know that's the key in life. That's the, that's the ticket to any level of success is I could date 600 women and be like, Oh, I'm scared to get married. And I'm just going to sit in this no man's land of singleness, or I can fall in love and become the type of man that can honor a woman and step into marriage. Same thing right. in business. I could be like afraid that, man, I went bankrupt one time I could go bankrupt again, or yeah, I made millions before I could make billions now. You know what I'm saying? And right. it's such a fascinating experience to to watch someone look at it and go, well, shit, if I'm going to get judged anyway, then yeah, why don't I just do what I want to do? And right. It's like, now, now go do that. Yeah, you know it, what I'm saying? That's so important and, 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 and really, really powerful people to really understand that, that pretty much no matter what you do, people are going to talk some shit. Like even honestly me with this podcast and things that I'm doing and like, mm -hmm. You know, I'm super, super stoked that, you know, I get to fly, you know, employees around on a, on a private plane. Yeah. Well, I get a lot of people that are like, oh, you're money hungry and you do yeah. this and you do that. And you just, you know, you're just showing off. Like, you, you know, know how many no. kids you could feed with all that money and exactly you know, poor people. It's like, come on. Yeah. Man. But it's like, you know? I, I don't know, you know, how many, I don't know how many people worked on, you know, built the airplane. Yeah, exactly. We fed all those guys. I don't yeah. know how many people are fueling up my airplane. We're feeding his family. Yeah. Our pilots were definitely feeding their families. Yep. Like there's like, I can argue both ways. Right. But people are going to say something no matter what. And, you know, I, I get like some. Sometimes like I get 
you know, blown up in my, it's not, you know, that bad, but sometimes I'll get, you know, here and there, I'll see from like my really, really good friends growing up that you always felt like they'd be your biggest fans. I hear from, you know, the circle that like, Hey, they're, they're, they're talking shit. They're talking that they're talking this and that. And I'm like, dang, like it, it kind of yeah. gets in me a little bit, but I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to live it my life how it, I want it gets to you live until you jump on your plane. And you're like, I can't hear a whole lot up here for yeah, 3000 yeah, feet. Exactly. I can't hear a whole lot of shit that my, my Lamborghini is really fucking loud. I can't right. hear a whole lot of that shit. You right. Know? And, and you know, it, it just comes to like, honestly, this just comes down to a decision that you yeah. have to live your life or you need to live your life by your design. Yeah. And get what to exactly. Yeah. Like it's a complete, like it's, it's a, it's kind of a dude, like we're in America, like it's a free country. Yeah. You know, that's a whole topic part. for the most part, but like, that's what we were found on is freedom. Yeah. And, and no matter what, like you should live your life by your design and yeah. what you want to do. And you shouldn't feel like it has to be for somebody else for, you know, it should be your life. Like, you know, it within reason and you can't be a you know crazy dude just shooting people. Like, you know, there's obviously we got laws, but like you need to live your life by design and realize that, no matter what people are going, I mean, it's funny. You can put it in perspective like this. I'm young. I want to be the best basketball player in the world, right? I want to be Michael Jordan. There are so many Michael Jordan haters. Oh, yeah. There are so oh, many yeah. LeBron James haters. Totally. There's so many Tom Brady haters. And it's like, if like some people are like, if that's what was success, if that's what it, I don't want to be that. Yeah. Because, but it's like, we, we had these aspirations as a little boy, like a little boy, you wanted to be that football player and right. to be the best because you know, when you're five, six, seven, eight years old playing peewee or a little junior jazz, yeah. you know, in Utah that you're like, Hey, you know, I, I want to be, you know, Carmelo and I want to be John Stockton. When I was going to, I want to be Michael Jordan. And then you get older and you're like, like, why, why do people not like him? Yeah. Like luckily, like when I was young, I didn't have social media, but like nowadays you have, you do anything and people are like hating on like everything. But at the end of the day, they're doing what they want to do yeah. and they're living their life by their design. And it just comes at a realization and accepting that. And that is so hard for people. Dude, and, and the thing that I want to emphasize with what you just said is, is to really help people understand that it, this is not exclusive to anyone. Right. This isn't like, well, you're white or you're black or you're gay or you're straight. Like every, if you woke up today, which if you're listening to this, you did. Right. You won the lottery. Right. And, and a lot of people get in their way. I literally have coached thousands of people. I've had almost 25,000 people come through my lion's den over the last eight years. Wow. And it, it's fascinating to me how many people have the mindset that like, well, that's for someone else or you know, I, I, I've lived in this land of struggle my whole life, and this is just what I'm, I'm just going to sit here. I'm kind of maybe broken, maybe whatever, whatever. I don't really know what my next move is, whatever, whatever. I truly believe that, like, we have a very, very, very equal playing field right? as human beings. I mean, dude, you could go into a third world fucking country. They still got smartphones. Right. I mean, I, I go, I go race down in Mexico. I've traveled to oh, Eastern yeah. Europe, you go to Cabo, every, the every, world. Everybody's got yeah. a fucking smartphone, right? You really think about it. Like there's a lot, a lot, a lot of stigma. And a lot of people have, um, the victim mentality where I was born here. My mom was this, my dad was this, I'm white, I'm black. I, he's faster. He's whatever, whatever. So long as you live there, you'll be there. Right. If you want to, if you want to believe that because of your prior circumstances, you're not entitled to or not able to, that's totally fine. It's totally up to you. I would have you consider though, that you should challenge that. Right. The same way you would challenge any of these other conversations that we're talking about, because if you woke up, you have an opportunity to win. 
Right. And whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. And it doesn't not, have to be a jet. I'm not exactly. Yeah. I'm not saying that in order for you to be successful, you have to drive a Lambo. You've got to wear a Rolex and you got to have a fucking jet. That literally might be you going fishing on a Wednesday. Right. That might be you being able to go and race that, that, that long distance race that you've always wanted right. to, but you don't have the $800 for the entry fee. Right. I don't give a shit what the definition is. Right. I don't give a damn what your true definition of success is. Right. My challenge to people is to go build it and to realize that you might be piss fucking poor. You might be on welfare, on food stamps. You might have like kids running all over the place and be, you have an opportunity in this literal moment to create whatever you want. You right. have two choices. You can be sad for yourself. You could be driven and motivated. Right. You can blame mom and dad and the stock market. Dude, the, 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 the market crashed in 2008. There's motherfuckers still talking about that. Right. They're still blaming the market in 2008 for why they are where they are. I'm like, yo, dude, that was like 10 plus years ago. Right. What the fuck you've been doing for 10 years? <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? For like, sure. Like you woke up today. And so when I, when I talk to people, I try and break it down to like the simplest denominator of where to start, right? Because right. people say, where do I start? And when you try and eat, I talk about in my book about eating the elephant. Everybody's trying to create what you have right now, right now. Right. And they're like, no, you, 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 you didn't see the last five, seven, eight years. You didn't see my last 10 years. You weren't right. in depth with that. So you just look at where I am right now and go, fuck, man, I want all that. Give it to me today. And it's like, cool. I'll tell you exactly how to do it. Do what I did for the last 10 years. Oh, right. fuck, I don't want to do that. But what, what people truly, truly, truly need to understand is that if you can take a teeny bite today of that elephant and then a teeny bite tomorrow and then another bite after that, like what would that look like? If you have no dollars in your bank account, you want to know what a gangster win is? Putting a dollar in your bank right. account. Yeah, yeah. And then another dollar. And then another dollar. If you're fat as fuck right now, and you literally like have your groceries delivered because you can't get off your fucking couch, the ultimate win might be you getting up and walking the 20 feet to your mailbox and coming back. Right. And then you walk to your mailbox and back twice. Right. And then you walk to your neighbor's mailbox. And then the other neighbor's mailbox. And before you know it, you're walking around the block. Before right. you know it, you've dropped 200 pounds. Before you know it, you're doing your first 5K. And then you're running a marathon. Before you know it, you've lost all that weight you never thought you could lose. But like that's what so few people understand is when you and you and I didn't just walk into the gold mine, right? Like I've been fucking chipping away and chipping away and chipping away and chipping away for years on my right. mind, on my mindset, on my body, on my circle of influence, on my friends, on the knowledge, on the books, and and like taking these little teeny bites, right, is what will ultimately fill your belly. It's what you ultimately need to do to eat the elephant, right? And, and if you're sitting in a place going, ah, oh, well. I'm 38, I'm 42. I mean, I'm already past my prime. I don't know what the fuck to do. I'm, like the longer you sit in that space, the further away you are from eating the elephant. Right. Start so today. dude, literally pick up a knife and a fork and say, I'm just going to fucking read today. I'm going to literally just get online. I'm going to turn my phone on airplane mode. I'm going to read a book and I'm going to do it again tomorrow. Right. And, I'm gonna do it, and now all of a sudden your brain starts functioning different. And you're like, wow, I'm looking at things differently. Right. I see things differently. Wait, my people are different. What, what, what the hell just happened? Bro, you just started reading a book and it's been six months. And now all of a sudden you're like, radically headed in a different direction it, it is that simple right it is that simple and and don't i i don't want people to think that wealth is simple that money is simple that building a perfect life is simple it takes really fucking hard work but that hard work is the simple shit exactly the hard work is the simple shit that you're not willing to do right now you do the simple shit 
you eat the entire elephant, you win the big game. That's that that's huge because that's you, a clip, Murph. That that yeah. that's what we, we need to clip that. That was a good one. That, that, that was a bank. I, I need that. That's that, gonna that, be that a, was a, that's gonna be a great reel for the gram. That was a, a, a <laughs> and, and, and it's so true because people say, you know, oh, how do you do this? How do you do that? And it's like I don't know how do you read a book one, one word at a yeah. time. One page at a well, time. Show me a winner. Right. Show me anybody online. Ed Milet. I love Ed Milet. We were just hanging out with Ed Milet. Ed Milet is 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 a phenomenally brilliant motivator. He he's he's gutted out where he is in life, but he'll tell you the same thing. So will Andy Frisilla. So will Tony Robbins. So will you. So will I. Take a small bite. Right. Like create one teeny new habit today that you are ruthlessly committed to, and it literally might be just walking to your fucking mailbox. It might be reading five pages of a book. I hate to read. I don't know what the fuck. Read five pages and then do it again and then do it again and then do it again. Before you know it, you've established a new pattern, right. a new habit. And then you add to that and then you add to that and then you add to that. Because you look at anybody, quote unquote, that's winning at the top of the game, whatever you want to call it. I guarantee you, every single one of those people would tell you the exact same thing. Right. You've got to just start and you've got to start taking small bites. You have to create some sort of positive movement. You can't see it right now. You're 600 fucking pounds. You can't see abs. You're five years away from seeing abs, but watch what happens. You won't magically get the abs. You have right. to take that one step. Right. It's like, you know, there's so many times that I go to conferences and like, like, I'm thinking, man, that was powerful. That was amazing. And you go to someone, they all said the same thing. Yeah. yeah because like principles are principles, right? Like it's, it's just true. like, it just, you got to start and like do the small steps. 100%. And like going back to what you were saying before, like you have like so many people in, in, you know, different situations and you know, that situation that growing up like that and this situation growing up like that. And like how you were talking about earlier in this podcast is that you're, it's, you're not on an Island. You're all together. Yeah, but the difference is, is like, I can find someone with, that grew up in a broken home, grew up poor, grew up this way and grew up that, you know, that found every reason why they needed to become successful. And then the exact opposite, the, or the exact same situation, but the opposite result of saying, this is why I can't be successful. Yep. But it's like, it's, it's making that decision. Like, like we can give you all the advice and all the success and all the tools. That's why I like, you know, I talk about bodybuilding a lot. I, I, I love it. Cause it's, it's not really a, it's a, it's a definite team sport, but it's a, a hundred percent up to me, right? Lift the weight, man. You got to lift the weight. You got to either eat the food or not eat the food. Right. Yeah. But my coaches can set me up for success. They can give me the meal plans. They can make my food 1% fitness. They can make all my mm -hmm. food, set them out here, but it is a hundred percent my decision and my willpower to eat the food and do the yep. necessary steps to be, be in the bodybuilding show. Yep. And that's with anything, whether you want to be lose weight, whether you want to be successful, whatever that means right. to you. Like, like, and the, like the powerful and crazy thing about this is that it doesn't matter what that is. If that's doing, you know, really well, or if that's being a great husband or wife or spouse, whatever, well, what are you doing? Are you, you know, always on edge? Are you fighting all the time? Well, what can you do today to make yeah. the decision to better tomorrow or better in an hour or better the situation? How can you, you know, if, if you're a sales manager at a, a you know, you have your dream job of a sales manager at a dealership, well, how can you make that better? Like, it's just making decisions like life, like life is a billion, million, however many small decisions, right? Like you just have True. to make those decisions and people just get so caught up and well, what about them? Like my, my parents put it this way well, is, and I don't know if they made it up, but they'd always say the committee called they. We well, always dude, care what they think. Yeah, well, Jimmy, Jimmy yeah. Rex says we are the they. Yeah. And I think it's a brilliant name. I love right. the name because he's right. like, we are them. Like, we are the they. Right. Like, who's they? 
always say right. they say this, they say that, they say it's bad to work out six days a week. They say that your interest rate should be this. They say who the fuck is they? Right? Who's they? Like right. a pool of opinions? Like what are you talking right. about? Right. When, when, but like mentally, like we yeah. talked before, they don't care. Yeah. Like they really don't care, yeah. and they're they just talk shit to talk shit. Like. I mean, there's some people out there that really like genuinely hate people, but people just talk shit to talk shit. Like, and, and sometimes like often I'm sure when people blow up your DMS, blow up my DMS, you know, in two, three days, they're not even remember they did it or oh, they don't yeah. even really care. Yeah, totally. They're just they in there for a split second. Yeah. Boom. That's why you cannot take that to heart. But so many people do, and they're afraid to get out of their shell that they, they, they won't flourish and do what they're, what, what they called to do. I'm not, I'm not even what they're supposed to do in life, what they called to do. It's just, yeah. it's sad that people can't, or that don't do that because yeah. it, it's it, it, to me and you, it's just so simple. Yeah. I have a hard time with it too. Cause I, I'm very, uh, um, empathic. Like I choose, I truly, truly, truly love helping people win. Right. Like I love it more than anything. And that's one of the reasons like that I use social media so much is cause I share so much of what I'm doing to show people like, this is how it works. Right. This I'm literally showing you my life because this is what I'm doing to build my life. Right. You know what I mean? And I talk about the ups and the downs and the good days and the bad days. I talk about depression. I talk about fear. I talk about all of these things. And it's like, I think th there's some thing in our minds. And look, I mean, this is the reason the lottery is so big, right? Like, you know, I, when I asked that question, why aren't you a millionaire? There were people that were like, cause I haven't won the lottery yet. And it's like, right. people don't realize how close they are to radically altering their life. And it's like that emoji or that not emoji, but the little um, meme that you see where like the two guys digging for the diamond and the yep. one guy quits and like the diamonds right there. And then the one guy that doesn't quit just gets it. Right. And it's like, it's what's fascinating to me is, is how many times people hear the same message and not take action with it. But I also laugh at that because I've heard a lot of the same messages for years and years and years that I didn't take action with. And then all right. of a sudden I do, I'm like, you dumb fucker. You right. should have do this 10 years ago. You've right. you already knew this. You already know. So I have a lot of empathy for people too, that the timing has to be there. The timing has to be right. Right. You know, one of my favorite quotes is um, people won't change until the, uh, the pain of the current reality becomes greater than the fear of the change. So right. people aren't going to change until they are in so much pain that they're willing to do the thing that they're afraid of. Right. For me, I, I you know, in a lot of facets of my life, I wasn't in enough pain to create the change. But when you get to that place of that threshold of pain, like I can't do this anymore. I'm sick of living paycheck to paycheck. It's one thing to say it. It's one thing to post it on the gram, post it on Facebook. It's another thing when you become so like violently against what's happening in your life that you're willing to literally do anything to change it. Right. That's when people will freaking change. Right. And it, 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 that's so powerful. And people definitely need to go listen to what you just said for the last couple of minutes again and again and again, oh, because it's, it's just that decision yeah. to change because, you know, people always, Oh, I hate my situation. Oh, I hate this. Well, yeah. do you hate it enough really? not to do it? Yeah, like, yeah, you're living in it, yeah, you're participating in right. it, it's your I, I, world. I don't know what to tell you because in my eyes, just change the situation. Yeah, and you, you must not be that fed up with it. Yeah, it's like and swimming in a pool of shit. You're like, man, I can't stand swimming in this pool of shit. It's like, well, get out of the pool. Yeah, but I don't want to have to do that. So I'm, right. I'm just going to stay in the shit. I'm going to keep complaining about swimming in this pool of shit all, everywhere and over and over. And I'll even throw my life preserver and be like, hey, grab onto this and I'll help pull you out. Oh, that, yeah, that, I, that's way, I have to swim towards that. I don't want to swim towards that. Like, but I kind of get out of this pool of shit. And you're like, you're swimming in your own shit, bro. Right. Get out of the fucking pool. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And then there's so many different ways that, you know, nowadays, especially using social media and YouTube and all the podcasts yeah. and free things out there that it, it's so easy to um, have that access. And like, you know, what you do with lions, not sheep. I mean, yeah. and the cool thing I really like about you is like, there's a lot of, you know, 
like not really speculative, but there's a lot of people that, you know, okay, if I join lions, not sheep or, if, you know, how, how's it going to be or what's this and what's that? And like you, I mean, you're religious about your calls to the fact that we were in Palm Springs together and you had to leave and so yourself, walked out, you did, walked my call. Out, did a call, came back and, you know, and then also you do your fly-ins and stuff. People like, and people ask me all the time, how is Sean really? Like, what do you mean? Because he <laughs> says he helps people. He says he does this and says he does that. I mean, like, like I, I'm very observant, which is it, I'm a people watcher and it makes people feel weird. So don't, you know, when you're around me, just yeah. don't pay attention to me. I, I am the guy that's paying attention to everything. And I could name you every shoe that walked by the last 40 <laughs> shoes. Like I'm just a very visual guy. Yeah. It's, it's kind of freaky, but I like people come up to me like, Sean, like, Oh, it's so good to meet you. You did. And like you engage so deep. Like it's, it's like, I don't want to make it feel weird, but like you engage deeply in them because your heart is so yeah. okay. Like this person, you know, they, you know, they're in your lion's den and you know, you have a ton of people and there you have, you know, it'd be impossible. Well, not impossible, but it'd be hard to meet them all. And I've had been with you and people come up to, Hey, I'm in your lion's den and you do this, like you engage, boom, like yeah. so deep with them and to help them and say, thank you. Like you've taken the time. Like yeah. I've been like, Sean, we got to go. We got to yeah. go. We got to go. And you're like, you're, you're yeah. one minute, one minute. Cause you're so engaged with them. And then also in the lion's den, you, I went to one of your fly-ins. I kind of snuck in there with Ryan that one day. I don't know if you remember that, yeah. but um, we're just mobbing around and he, you asked him to come speak. And I'm like, man, like he literally is right there helping, answering questions, questioning, like you guys need anything. What can yeah. I do for you? What value can I add? And you bring in, and I think Dan Young was there and then Ryan oh, came yeah. in there. And like, there's, there's so much access to that. But the funny thing is, and the, the crazy thing is, is people will say, every excuse. Oh, well, that's not true. That mm -hmm. he doesn't really want to help me. He, yeah. you know, for, I guess technically 300 bucks a month, I think it's 300 bucks a month and then 500 bucks for the fly in. So if yeah. you, if you subscribed one month, did the fly, I mean, I don't know the details, but if you subscribed one month, did the fly in for a total of 800 bucks. You could literally come one-on-one -on -one with you in your shop, in my, in my office, in your office and say, Hey man, I need help with this. Now, now what's fascinating about what you said, and, and this is, I love to illustrate and I don't mean any disrespect, but for me, it's not disrespect to people. It's like, I'm the simpleton. Like, just give it to me in crayons. Can you, can you literally put it up on a whiteboard? If you can't put it on a whiteboard, I don't want anything to do with it. It's too complicated. Like I could shake crayons in a napkin and I put you in my business plan. If it's more complicated than that, I don't want anything to do with it. Right. Right. But people ask me all the fucking time. How do I change my circle? How do I get around millionaires? I would love to sit with millionaires. I would love to be able to do these things. Right. They say it to me over and over. Cause I tell people one of the quickest, easiest, most immediate things that you can do to change your life is to change your circle. Right. Literally take all of those assholes that you follow on Instagram that, that peddle nothing but smut, unfollow every single one of them and go follow every motivational, inspirational business person out there. Literally just swap the people. Instead of following assholes, follow the good people. People ask me all the time, like, how do I get around better people? How do I do this? How do I do that? And I say, come to my fly-in. Literally, Dan Young is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. Ryan just sold his business for hundreds of millions of dollars. These are my friends that come and they sit in a chair right next to me. I'm like, right. okay, uh, Lion's Den, you've asked the question, how do I sit with people that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars? Go. Right. And it's, this most, it's the most fascinating thing to watch because, I mean, Ryan Bowen just sold his business yeah. for damn near a billion dollars. Yeah, I'm one of his clients. You know, I love, the, love his water. Shout out to Dude, him. Dude, <laughs> Ryan Bowen is, is one of the coolest motherfuckers out there. Shout so, out to yeah. Ryan. Like he is, there's no, there's no one that hates that guy. There's no one that doesn't like that guy. Super he's nice just, guy. He's a genuine, real as fuck dude. Right. right. I love the guy. Like he and I are friends, like not on just on camera, but off camera, we hang out, we talk. I support him. He supports me. 
but he's literally worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And he comes because he wants to add value and he wants to fucking help people. And this right. is something that I, I, I like want to strangle people. And they're like, oh, millionaires are all assholes. They're just all about themselves. I'm like, I bring in dudes like I, I, I you're sitting knee to knee with me. There's 50 people that come to my fly-ins once a month and they, right. they fill up like that. You're literally sitting knee to knee with someone who's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And it's right. fascinating because there'll be a very small group of people they'll just instantly like raise their hands and then everybody else kind of sits there. Right. They don't know what to do. They're not really sure what to say. And, and, and that's what I love about coaching. I tell people like you just joining the lion's den doesn't make you money. It doesn't get you ripped. In fact, it, it's going to probably be a significantly more difficult than you think, because I'm going to actually make you work. Right. I'm going to challenge everything that you think. And you see me out with people yeah. like, I'm, I'm very much, I love hugs. I love embracing people. I love the human connection and I love celebrating when people need celebrations and the whole thing. But what my gift is, is punching people in the face. Right. And the reason it's my gift is because I lied for most of my life. I was a compulsive lie. I didn't know how to tell the truth. Like we were just talking about, I went back to my, my childhood and I said everything and did everything because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. I lied. If I'm not telling you how I really feel, then I'm lying. And I spent most of my life saying what the church said to say and what they said to say and what I thought my wife wanted me to say. You know, I wasn't like, there was no cheating. There was no infidelity. There was no drugs in my divorce. It's just, I was literally like emotionally went one way and she went one way. I didn't right. know how to tell the truth. And I didn't wake up wanting to lie. It's simply what men are going through right now. We don't know how to fucking tell what's really going on. Right. And I found that like when I encounter these types of people, I will challenge them to their very fucking core because that's how I learned. That's how I changed. It was me literally having a coach saying, pull the fuck. I was on a call, pull the fucking car over right now. I'm like, well, I got I shut the fuck up and pull your car over right now. And it was inconvenient and it sucked and it was painful and I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do what he was telling me to do, but I hired him for a reason. Right. I pulled my car over and I shot this video, the, the one about being bankable. And it's like, I didn't want to do it. It was frustrating to do it. It was wildly vulnerable to do it. It was terrifying to do it. Right. I tried to figure out every way to not post that on YouTube, but I did. And it was that punch in the face that it started with that video. People look at now go, I have a, over a billion views of my videos online. It's just so easy for you. I'm like, yeah, go back and look at my videos from 2009 and 2010. I look like a freaking idiot. Because right. I wasn't good at it. I sucked at it. So what you're seeing now is the culmination of thousands of videos, literally thousands of pieces of content. Right. You're starting with zero. Right. You want to be where I'm at today? No, you got to fucking pay your dues. You got to you got to lay the groundwork. But that's what I love about like coaching, especially with the lion's den, is it's like it's challenging as fuck. And people that and you know this as much as anybody, you hire you hire a bodybuilding coach. You don't want easy. Right. You want a fucking savage. Yeah. You want somebody who's going to beat the shit out of you, right. who will make you excellent, right. who will bring you to a level that no one else could. That's what you should expect from a coach. Those are the people you should seek out. Right. And the people that last in my den, the people that, that are winning are the ones that are willing to sit there and eat the humble pie and overcome the fears instead of being prideful and ego. The people that don't last with me, they come in, they're like, oh, he's kind of a dick. And then they bounce. Right. Cool. Then go find somebody who'll give you hugs all day long. How's that working for you now while you're on the verge of divorce, while you can't pay your fucking bills? Right. Perhaps you need to get punched in the face. Right. Perhaps you need somebody to grab you and shake some life into you. And that's what I love to do. Like, that's truly what I believe my gift is. And, and knowing that and believing that so fervently, I think is what makes me really good at it. Right. Because there's a lot of people that say, well, Sean, you're just abrasive or you're this or you're this or you're this to, to someone. 
To other people, I help change your life. To other right. people, I get through what other people couldn't get through. Right. But it's that belief in self. It's that belief in what you're doing and why you're doing it that I that I believe is what sets you know real leaders apart. Right. It's really easy to follow the trail. It's super simple to see the trail that goes into the woods and you just walk the trail that somebody else has already walked. What's really challenging is picking up machete and like there's no trail. Right. And you go make your own trail. Exactly. And that's the difference between like the leaders and the followers is like, I want to empower people to pick up their own damn machete and go make their own trail. Right. Take their family where they want to take their family, build the business they want to build, live the life they want to live. And there ain't no, there ain't a trail over there. Right. You got to go cut your own fucking trail and it's terrifying. It's humiliating. It's vulnerable. It's hard. It's the ultimate level of freedom. Exactly. And I, I think you got to be stronger than that. Like, there are so many people out there that, you know, want to maybe go to marriage counseling, want to maybe go to just, just therapy themselves that are I mean, bounce around from therapist to therapist, trying to figure out who can tell them everything. Somebody just rub their balls. And yeah. Be, oh, oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. No, we exactly. feel terrible for you. Yeah. Exactly. You should stay a victim. Like, it, yeah. but I mean, to me, that's weak. Like totally I want to be challenged. And like, I talk yep. about this a lot of my, my company is like, you know, the beginning of this podcast says like, you know, business is a, uh, not a pyramid. It's a round table. Like yep. we need to have those discussions. I need to be challenged. Like yep. if I'm starting to get a bunch of yes, people, yes, women, yes, oh. men, like that drives me nuts because it's the worst place I, to be, I, but I feel like I can't trust you. Right. Like if you're just telling me like, okay, well really, what do you mean? Like, I, I appreciate, like we've had conversations that you say straight up and I'm like, okay, mm. I can, I can deal with that. And like right. with, with my wife, like if you tell me straight up, like it's good and bad, I can compute that. Right. But if there's like hidden messages or not being straight up yeah. or you find someone that's not really challenging yeah. you. Or let me water this down so I don't hurt your feelings. Yeah. No, just tell me like, and I know that people, there, there's a certain personality, like right. obviously personalities, but people can't handle that. But like, if you're listening to this, you need to train yourself to handle that. And the biggest part about that is either joining a group, joining somewhere, going to something that's going to challenge you. And you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, like athletes that go to different sports teams and whatever yeah. they're switching around because they're just not feeling challenged anymore. Right. People, I believe people want to be challenged. They just don't really know it yeah. because they're just so used to being in this bubble. That's a safe space that no one's going to tell me to do anything. And yeah. like, you know, I mean, I'm, yes, I can do this. Yes, 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 yes. But some, someone tells us no, like in society going yeah. on right now, no, you can't do that. No, I don't agree with you. It's like, whoa, I don't like yeah. this. I, it, I've proven this over and over and over in my own life over the last couple of years. Like um, I've proven it through social media as well. Like the, a lot of people think that I'm just this controversial person where I wake up and I'm like, all right, how do I piss people off today? And I go into my note section. I'm like, I'm going to piss this group of people off. I don't do that. Right. I'm living my life, speaking my truth, however I want to speak it. So when people come up to me and they're like, Hey, my life sucks or I'm here or I'm there. How do I change it? And I'm like, go do this or go do that. And they're like, Oh my God, why would you tell me to do that? It's like, that's hard to do whatever. I'm like, you asked me the fucking question. Right. Right. But um, a couple of years ago, right after that, that Florida school shooting, um, or I think it was like 15 or 16 kids uh, were shot and killed. Um, I was supposed to do this photo shoot with one of my friends and his wife who was competing for uh, Mr. Olympia. She's like the number three fittest chick in the world is whatever. We were going to do this photo shoot with these guns and the whole thing. It was part of her whole campaign to like win. Long story short, I end up calling him at the end of the day because we we're getting ready to go out to the, to the desert and shoot. And I hadn't, for some reason, I hadn't been on Facebook or any news all day long, which is abnormal for me. Right? I try and stay in the right. loop. I was busy. And I call him. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm getting gas. I'm coming to see you. Like, Let's go meet. Let's go do this. And he's like, dude, have you seen the news? I said, no. He's like, we can't go like shoot guns now. Like, Go check out the news. And I'm literally at the gas station getting gas. And I'm, I, I pull up my phone and I go to CNN. I always go to CNN first, even though people are like, you're this ultra conservative. I'm like, no, I want to see what CNN says first before I look at anything else. Right. 
and I and I end up clicking on the very first thing that I saw, read about the school, the school shooting, and then there was this video that popped up, and it was the interview with the kids that was right after, and they were interviewing all of these kids who knew the shooter. It was like the kid was crazy, and they're like all of these kids knew that this kid was nuts, right? right. They knew he was bad news. They knew all this other shit. Dude, it sent me off because my kids are in public school, right? Right. And what set me off is that I'm I'm watching all of these kids say what they're saying. And there's a purpose to this story with what we're talking about. And none of those kids were, were willing to say anything or do anything, but they all knew something. Right. And it's that stigma and that dogma that holds people back. Right. And like what I want to be is I want to be someone who not only challenges himself, but challenges other people to think differently. Right. And that's very abrasive sometimes. That's painful sometimes. The truth hurts a lot of times. The truth hurts a lot of times. Yes, it does. I could I could come up with whatever medical term you want, but you're fat as fuck. If you're six hundred fucking pounds, you're fat as fuck. I don't care about your feelings. What I care about is you getting results. I don't care if what I say hurts your feelings. What I care though is that you do something to better your life with it. Right. right. So I ended up picking up my phone and I did a, a, a minute and 20 second rant. And it was me talking about how my kids are in a school situation where if they saw something like this and knew something, what pisses me the fuck off is that we're raising our, our kids and our culture to say nothing because we're more worried about somebody's feelings than when they are their safety. Right. We care more about not offending the one lunatic who's drawing swastikas in his fucking locker talking about killing everybody than we are the safety of the other kids that ended up dying. Right. And I did this rant and it was just pure as a father who cares about his kids, who cares about the truth, who cares about my children being able to speak freely versus like being bubbled up because they're afraid of getting in trouble at school or being labeled something. Right. Right. The video went viral had 170 million views. It was on Fox, ABC, NBC, CNN. I got media requests. I had ultra, ultra, ultra left-wing media like ripping me to shreds, like these other small media companies that just were like highlighting my video, mocking me, pulling up pictures of me with guns, and my kids were going to be the next school shooters. And I share that for a reason, because that was my reality. That's how I felt in that moment. That was my truth as a father. And it went viral because millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of other people felt the same way. Right. But they didn't have the balls to say it. They didn't have the balls to to do anything with it. And what I have found is like, what works the best for me is when someone comes to me and challenges me, not tells me that I'm yes, man, good, 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 good. No, I want to know what's, what's not happening here. Right. You know, Stephen Pressfield wrote a book, um, not the art, the war of art. And in the war of art, he talks about uh, how instead of asking people like, do you like this? Ask people what, what don't you like about this? So like if I'm, if I'm opening up a new burger shop instead of being like, Hey, do you like my burgers? And all your friends are like, like, yeah, man, it's the greatest greatest fucking burger ever. What don't you like about the burger? What don't you like about our service? What don't you like about our product? What don't you like about what's going on? Because that's how you get results. Right. That's ultimately how you change to be able to make things better. Right. You know, what don't I like about myself? What don't I like about my habits? What don't I like about my patterns? And then find someone that will challenge you. And just understand that in that challenge, it's going to fucking hurt. Right. It will be painful. You will want to run. You want to quit. You want to blame them. I get people all the time, all the fucking time. They come into the lion's den, my coaching group, and they leave within a month. And without fail, None of them have done the basic instructions that they get when they join. None of them without fail. Right. Not one. 
and I have 20 something thousand people. I've got good case studies, right? Everybody who comes in who is challenged to do something. And the very first thing that they have to do, you know what they have to do? Post an intro video. You want to know how terrifying it is for most people to post a video on social media? Oh, huge. I mean, that's like the number one. I, mean, I, I think it's like a number one fear of being, being so, public speaker. So you speaker wonder why you're not getting results in your life because right. the guy challenged you. I challenged you to do one thing that you're uncomfortable with. Don't be surprised why your marriage fucking sucks. Don't be surprised while your business is falling apart, while your kids don't trust you, while you have no friends, while you're hanging out with shitbags. This is what it takes in life. It takes being challenged and it takes confronting challenge to change your life, to build anything, to build a good marriage, to build a good body, to build a good relationship, to build a good business. It takes being radically challenged. Right. And, and I've become, I don't want to say a glutton for punishment, but like I have people that I work with, my, my, my coaches who just, in order to work with me, I mean, you got to be a pretty strong freaking individual. You got to challenge right. the shit out of me. But I also hang out with people that challenge me. All my friends, you name everybody that was on that jet the other day, there isn't a single freaking yes man on that plane. Right. They will challenge the shit out of you. Hey, guys, I'm dealing with this thing. You know, well, what do you guys think? Right. Oh, no, no, no. I want people in my life to challenge me. And if you're listening to this and you're not where you want to be in life, you can look for hugs. You can look for the ass pats. You can look for the validation of why you're a victim, the validation of your stories about why your past is so to, 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 to blame for where you are today. Or you can go the opposite way and find somebody who will punch you in the face and wake you up to reality. Right. Who will wake you up to, to true radical fucking change. To me, that's what I'm after in life. That's what, I, that's what I feel like I do, not just as like a coach, but just as a human just in challenging the way that we're all doing these things, challenging, like, why can't I become a race car driver? Right. Why wouldn't I drive, drive race cars? Sean, I mean, these guys have been racing for 20 years. Yeah, they have, but I'm 43 and like, why wouldn't I want to race cars? Right. You know what I'm saying? Challenging the shit out of myself to go do something that's scary, that's difficult, that I'm not good at. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's a fascinating reality. And, and it's the one thing that I love about the lion's den is it's like, it's a singular method for me. Like, I don't care about feelings. I care about results. Right. That's huge. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Sean, thank you so much, man, from the bottom of my heart for being we're done? on this. I thought we were it's, just getting warmed up. Dude, it, I mean, dude, we're at an hour and a half. Really? Yeah. I'm just getting warmed up. I know. We can keep going if you want Murph to. Murph tired? Murph, you tired? I just finished the video info. Cool. Of what? You're so fast, dude. Will you come work for me? Seriously, what's it going to take? What do you want? Whatever he's paying you, I'll pay you triple. <laughs> I pay him an ice cream. Ice cream? Yeah. I got a freezer full. I got a <laughs> freezer full, cuz. Yeah, man, whatever. What? I, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, dude, I thank you. I mean, it, we this can, has been... We can talk all day long. I know, we literally could talk all day long. I mean, there's so many different things that we could talk about, which maybe we'll have to do episode two. If, you, if your Lambo can drive this far, maybe, dude, maybe I'll come back to you. I'm down. I'm <laughs> down. I love having conversations like this. Man. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, for sure. 